What's up, everybody? Welcome to episode 249 of Top Rope Nation. My name is Ryan Drosty. We got the gang all here. Justin Joint is on the line. Kyle Ross is here with us. Happy Cinco de Mayo. Fellas, did you have any good Mexican food today, Kyle Ross? Had a cheesy gordita to crunch. Brought the value meal back at TV. And I'll tell you what, there was no way to Taco Bell either in the drive-thru, which is unheard of. When we pulled up, we're like, they're going to say something so absurd, like we're out of beef. (laughs) Which happens at that Taco Bell sometimes. I was like, you're out of beef. But it's not as good as crunch. Yeah, those are pretty good. Um, I always get the Crunchwrap Supreme at Taco Bell. Oh, okay. But I prefer to go to Taco John's. And so Taco John's, if you're listening, we would still like that sponsorship, by the way. Contact us. <laughs> Unfortunately, we, we were post-soccer practice. The sit-down Mexican restaurants were closed, and we did not have an hour. Actually, it would have been two hours to and fro to go to the nearest Taco John's. So, alas, we settled for running for the border. Yes. <laughs> I, I had a good burrito at a at a local restaurant here in town. Uh, Justin Joyne, how are you doing tonight? Did you Did you celebrate... If having the new buffalo chicken sandwich from Popeyes is celebrating Cinco de Mayo, then yes, yes, I celebrated. Episode 249, which means, guys, we're going to hit a milestone, 250, reviewing a WWE premium live event for our next episode, unfortunately. That's where we're going to be at. We'll talk about that event tonight, Uh, get our picks in, and uh, we got a lot on the docket, a lot of... uh, current events that we want to talk about. There's going to be some current things. There's going to be some historical things tonight. If you didn't see on social media, social media is a buzz because there was a must-see matches list going around, which honestly was a really good, interesting way to look at the history of wrestling. We'll get into that here in just a moment. Um, Before we get into the agenda, I want to promote the fact that, Kyle, you just did an excellent bonus podcast with good friend of the pod, Frank Pettiani from Pro Wrestling Torch, 90 minutes. This dropped for our patrons on, what was it, Tuesday? It was recorded on Tuesday afternoon, yes. Yes, and I dropped it on the Patreon feed Tuesday night. I've been listening to it over the last couple of days. Really, really good stuff. Like I said, we're going to talk about WrestleMania Backlash tonight, but you guys really did a deep dive on it, and that is a must here. So if you like what we do here on the main feed, check out the Patreon feed. Link in the podcast description. 70 six bonus shows are now on the Patreon feed, which is kind of mind-blowing when you think about it, guys. I was thinking most podcasts don't even last 76 episodes, you know, on the regular (laughs) feed. We got 76 bonus shows in addition to these 249 on the main feed. So a lot of content out there. And I appreciate you putting in the extra hours, Kyle. Yeah, it was great. Love talking with Frank. It was the first time he and I did a show proper, just us two. In the mm-hmm. TRN territory, of course, I appeared on his podcast, Pro Wrestling Better Now, to discuss Super Brawl 2. Uh, right. Because, Justin, as you well know, when you need to talk 92 WCW, or at least when the Pro Wrestling Torch wants to talk about 1992 <laughs> WCW, they reach out to Top Rope Nation. Because you're <laughs> going to be on that podcast soon, discovering, uh, or discovering, I th- discussing the next 
uh, pay-per-view. Indeed, in less than two weeks, Wrestle War 92. Absolutely. It's going to be a must-listen. Match for that show was on the uh, the best-of list, or the must-see list yes, that we're going to talk about here in a little bit. So yeah, check out PW Torch VIP. I've been on the past. Kyle's been on the past. And, and Justin has his big debut coming up. So thank you to Frank for uh, doing that episode. And Justin, before we jump in, by the way, I forgot to ask you, you went to Milwaukee. Anything interesting happened there over last weekend? Learning life lessons. It's, you know, I, I'm an early 40s <laughs> young man who is realizing that, you know, he can drink like he used to. He just can't recover <laughs> like he used to. I, I think I'm, I'm finally getting over my hangover from this weekend. But we went to a uh, Brewers and Cubs game on Friday mm-hmm. night. We, we got How a like the park. It was beautiful, beautiful yeah. park. Uh, we got we had the, a suite because it was two of my friends' 40th Ooh. birthday party. Uh, the food was horrendous in the suite. <laughs> I do not recommend it. The, just the most generic bullshit, like giant buns, tiny meat. Um, but the the fridge was stacked with beer, so we were we were really getting after it. And after the game, we end up at uh, some really shady looking bar. I, they were shocked when we walked in and. They had actually had a cop there with a wand <laughs> checking you for, you know, metal or any weapons. Jesus. But I had had enough in me at this, this point where I am not the type of person that will take a dare to do something dumb. But my buddy paid me $50 to let him squirt mustard into my mouth for five seconds <laughs> and, and then swallow it. I, I almost ralphed all over that bar. <laughs> And then at, oh at the next, yeah, at the next bar we went to, he bought me a car bomb. 15, oh, I'm sure that went down. Look. Fifteen minutes later, I Irish goodbye them. Oh, yeah, life lessons. I was, I was buying tums the next morning. I'll tell you that. <laughs> so I like mustard, and that sounds absolutely Ooh. terrible. Yeah, I, so I can't I imagine eat mustard. Oh, Milwaukee isn't a bad place. I I had never been before. Um, it was all out weekend. Me and Brian went up there. My good, yeah. good buddy, Brian Landershino, we drove up after all out and we went mm-hmm. to the Brewers game. Um, and we just were hung out there for a night. Yeah. Drank and stuff. I was very pleasantly surprised by, uh, the amount of character their downtown has. It was, it was a good time. I liked it. Yeah. My well, stomach he... didn't, but I did. <laughs> I would probably still be recovering at this point. <laughs> if I was you, that is just horrendous kyle he told that story last night we did a dynamite watch party mm-hmm. you know so we were over on the playback app you guys can join us that is now public so i tweet out the link every time we do a, a watch party it's on our facebook group it's on the twitter page at top rope nation a uh, ton of fun all you got to do is sign up for a free account and authenticate your tv subscription you can join us every time we always have a good group there watching the shows together and at some point there was kind of a down moment in the show and uh justin told that and i was aghast at what he went through in milwaukee so yeah, uh shout out to, to michael johnson by the way who who did the show with us last night good friend that. of mine it was a lot of fun yes oh, man. a good man Known him since i was nine years old oh wow so he knows where all the bodies are buried yeah <laughs> <laughs> just like mr fuji <laughs> Guys, if you have never listened to Top Rope Nation, that is a hell of an intro right there for you. I promise we are going to talk about pro wrestling, but you know what? (laughs) We like to give the listeners a window into our lives when we start these shows, and hopefully that was entertaining for you. I know 
I was overjoyed listening to Justin's story for the second time. Uh, and yeah, man, just, I don't know so how, how you could put your body. So dumb. Mustard? <laughs> Help us out. Mayo. <laughs> no, I couldn't do mayo. That'd be even worse for me, I think. I, I definitely couldn't do that. I could oh. maybe do the mustard. It wouldn't be pleasant, but mayo, absolutely not. They actually, in the worst part about it was he started spraying it two seconds in the bottle ran out. So he had to go run and grab another one. So he could do the remaining three seconds. <laughs> It's just like burning your tongue. Oh, man. Yeah. So stupid. Oh, well, you know what's not stupid is subscribing to this podcast, fellas. So nice. Professional. You're listening. Yes, on Apple, on Spotify, on Podbean, wherever you get your podcast, please hit that subscribe button. Leave us a five-star rating. Even better yet, a written review. I mentioned Patreon a couple of minutes ago. I mean, that is the best way to support the show. Because you get all of that bonus co- uh, content, you know, you get 76 bonus shows, you get ad-free releases of all of our main feed shows as well. Top Rope Nation Extra, Top Rope Nation Classics, which by the way, patrons, vote in the poll. It's a real nail-biter for what we're going to be doing in May. It's it's really coming down to the wire. I think there's three shows in our poll, classic shows, within one vote. So we don't know what we're going to be doing yet, but that's going to drop here in a couple of weeks. So get those votes in if you join the Patreon page. You can vote as well. And I mentioned we're streaming live right now, so you can catch these shows live or on demand in video format if you like to do that. Just check out youtube.com slash Nation. Subscribe for free to the YouTube channel. We would greatly, greatly appreciate that. I see Alan is in the chat. He is a main event tier, or a Hall of Fame tier, actually, level patron of Top Rope Nation. And uh, he's almost always there with our watch parties, so... Thanks for joining us live tonight, Alan. And Alan might be joining us on a podcast in the future. He is on the tier where if you want, you can come on the show. So I'll be in contact with him to maybe work out the schedule on that. So thank you, Alan, for the support and all of our patrons. Um, Kyle, now you weren't with us on the watch party last night. We wanted to get your take a little bit on Dynamite. I know you've caught up and watched the show. It was kind of an interesting one because... It started pretty hot. You know, I really enjoyed the trios match that they had in the first hour. Didn't really end so hot. We watching the watch party live. We were kind of shocked that they did that women's match in the last quarter hour uh, because, you know, yeah, they're uniting the ROH and impact women's titles, but they weren't AEW wrestlers per se. So that was kind of surprising. Uh, We had hangman page kind of leaning into the heel bit going into his match with CM Punk at double or nothing. Uh, Give us your thoughts on last night, Kyle. Yeah, I saw the quarter hour breakdown they released a couple hours ago. Second week in a row, the show kind of died in the ratings in the last half hour. You know, that's kind of been a hallmark of Dynamite, I feel, over the last several months. A real hot first hour, then the second hour kind of gets Mm so-so. But overall, I liked the show. With Hangman Page, I thought that was one of the more interesting things. I do not see him doing a full-fledged heel turn despite that promo last night. And what's interesting is next week they're in Long Island where Punk played heel last time, and he's wrestling John Silver next week, who's the hometown Mm -hmm. boy. So are they both? I would assume both are going to kind of test the heel waters, but neither will turn. I think it's... And, you know, I mean, the things that he... I thought the masturbatory Bret Hart match line was great. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Actually, I mean, because, you know, if you're 
going to fight someone. You want to upset them. You want to like get under their skin. And that's something you would say if you're Hangman Page. Um, I thought it was a good promo. And it's funny. There are a lot of people making the case that Page should win since you know, the three of us went on. I think we were unanimous that Punk should win. And I did the show mm-hmm. with Liam, too, like right before that, where he thought Punk should win. And I was like, man, I think everyone's just going to assume Punk's going to win this. And should be a hell of a match. I guess there's going to be a lot of drama when we're there on the strip watching that live together. But, uh, yeah, I thought it was a good promo. And, again, though, I, I, I'm going to double down on what I said a few weeks ago when we first broke down this match when it was obvious it was going to happen. If you have Page beat Punk, you are all in on Hangman Page. And the issue is I don't know what mountain is left for him to climb. You better have some a hell of a run of contenders lined up for him because you would have run through the top two guys you signed last year already, top three, including Adam Cole. The thing with the promo that just kind of, I don't know, I liked it, but it just felt like it was kind of, out of left field when punk's promo was all about like, he's just going to fight until the wheels come off. He didn't like, it was very baby face, you know, last, uh, gunslinger kind of promo. And then hangman comes out saying like, he's not going to come out here and show punk any respect. He's just going to beat his ass. I don't know. It just seemed ultra aggressive compared to what punk said. Well, I mean, Let's examine the real world here. I think there's a lot of people talking that CM Punk should be the champion. He's more over than Hangman Page. So if you're Hangman Page, the person slash the character, you probably come out that way. I thought it made sense given the reality of the situation. (laughs) You're right that what we've seen from him on screen, it was a radical departure. But I don't know. Maybe that's just the way he feels about CM Punk. I, and that was my thought, too. And I think we've even talked about that when we started thinking this might be the match and how would they get to it. The thought was, you know, Hangman's the champ, but Punk's the one who's getting the spotlight. He's getting, you know, the one with all the TV time. And obviously that's going to rub the champ the wrong way. So I, I hope mm-hmm. they touch on that. Yeah, I mean, he should come into the match based on the reality of the situation as a champion with the chip on his shoulder. You know, I mean, I wouldn't yeah. be surprised if Jim Ross in the opening moments of the match says something that affects my god you know he might be the champion but i think he's coming in here as the underdog (laughs) you know i mean i i wouldn't be surprised if he says something to that effect and you know it's an interesting match to make because you're you're risking page getting booed and you hope there even if he is there's no long-lasting effect there because i would not turn him full-fledged heel unless if the crowd just like turns against him in mass, which I don't think there were still people cheering him at the end of that promo. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was, so, it was weird because at one point early in the promo, it sounded like he was getting a ton of cheers. And I was kind of wondering, like, ooh, I don't know if he should go down this road. But then the crowd started chanting CM Punk back at him. And then it was like, OK, yeah, this is the right move. It just kind of seems like he recognizes the dynamics of what he's walking into. And they do as well, obviously, backstage. So I think making him kind of just pissed off overall. Like this guy's stealing the spotlight. He's been the world champion now for what, seven months or so going into that show. I like that. Cause it's not a full heel turn, but it's relatable. Like you can understand how this guy would be pissed off. He's gone through all these big names over the last six, seven months. And yet here's CM Punk stealing all his thunder. And leading into it, I think will prevent 
the crowd from turning on him. I think if they ignored it, then they're fighting the audience. Yeah. And you do risk him losing the crowd. But even when he went after the guy wearing the punk shirt in the crowd, yeah, that drew some negative reaction, but also drew a positive reaction because it was aggressive. And people like aggressive, yeah. shit-talking wrestlers. It's been that way for 25 years. So, no, I thought it was a good promo. And, you know, obviously, I think they're – I would still put over punk, not just for the reason I laid out before, like what do you do with Paige? What mountain does he have left to climb? Ryan, as we're about to get into – You've got a major show coming up in Chicago that just sold out. I mean, Punk's going to be in the biggest match there probably, right? Right. You should probably have him be the AEW champion. Yeah. Yeah, we've had a lot of good discussion about this in our Facebook group. And I people are all over the map on this. And honestly, that's such a good thing. You know, that's just this is when pro wrestling is at its best. You got a big pay-per-view show. You can't say for certain who's going to win. You can make an argument both ways. But yeah, I agree with you. I would have him walk in. It's like the homecoming as world champion. Yeah, he could win it at All Out if it's in Chicago again, which I believe is the plan still. Uh, That's also kind of predictable, though. You know, like if he goes in challenging at All Out, everyone's going to expect him to win there. Well, then then everyone's going to turn on Paige. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't know. I would just have him. I think it would be a neat story if he, you know, a year after he debuted, he's returns as the champion. And also yeah, if he agree. loses, and we talked about this, too, I, I don't know what you do with CM Punk. Right. I don't think he has to have a long reign, but he's so hot right now. And, you know, he's an older guy. You know, who knows how long he's going to wrestle? I feel like you got to capitalize on it right now. Mm-hmm. Hangman's a young guy. He's got a long time to go. He can get his win back over Punk eventually. And like you said, it gives him that mountain to climb. So. And- what do you guys think about just going page to punk? There are some people who would probably argue, well, they could have done like a heel transition champ there with MJF. But I just feel that would be like very obvious mm-hmm. and wouldn't get enough heat because people are like, oh, well, this is just a train. And you certainly don't want to have MGF- MGF's. MJF's first run be like a blatant transition run. Yeah, right. no, I agree completely. Plus, I mean, this this feels like a big match. I think everybody wants. Yeah, to oh, absolutely, anyways. it does. And, and like Ryan said, there's a lot of um, uncertainty over who's going to win. Yeah, there's not any uncertainty over the ability of the Forbidden Door to draw. However, hmm. <laughs> who could have ever, pos- especially a media member, how could you <laughs> ever expect that that show would not sell out instantly? I mean, it was an <laughs> obvious sellout from the beginning. Now, yes, we know that they are not. Because I saw some people, you know, acting like they were so smart. It, they're not selling out the full capacity of the United Center, correct? It's blocked off by the entranceway. They can always open up more sections, yeah. which they have done in the past, too. I think yeah, they did that maybe for like, Rampage. I, I saw a discussion. I don't, I don't want to name names. But, like, there was somebody who's like, well, the United Center holds this. It's a, that's its true capacity. But for a wrestling show, you can't sell it because of, yeah, the stage. I mean, even, mm-hmm. like, WWE in its heyday... I mean, trust me, I I remember I was at a Raw once when I was uh, getting a little close to that Titan Tron. Wasn't great, but I mean, you're not going to like, you don't put people like behind the stage. Right. So you're never going to do a true sellout like what, you know, Michael Jeffrey Jordan and company might have done low those many years ago. They do have at the United Center, like standing room at the very top. I don't know if people would buy them. It's such a big building. Have you guys been in the United Center? No. Mm-mm. 
I mean, it is cavernous. It is huge. Uh, so, I mean, yeah, those 300 level seats at the top, they are very far away. I've been, I've sat up there once for a Bulls game and it was pretty far away. So, and at the very top of the 300 level, they have standing room. So like Bulls playoff games, they would open that up in particular for, for attendance. Yeah, they can get with standing room for a basketball game. They get 23,000 people in there. It That and the Greensboro Coliseum are like neck and neck for the biggest mm-hmm. capacity building in the country. And to, to your point, Kyle, about they're not opening up the whole thing. They're not going to do that anywhere. So this is the most people you could get in for an arena show in the country. And it yep. sold out the pre-sale in, what, 40 minutes? Something I mean, like it that. Was, I, yeah. I went on there 35, 40 minutes after they went on sale. I like completely forgot there was a pre-sale today. And I was thinking about the general on sale. And yeah, you couldn't pull anything. I, I pulled up a, a few scattered like 300 level seats way at the top 35 minutes into the the pre-sale, but that was it. So yeah, I don't well, know if I'm, I'm, I'm hoping to go. I'll have to get tickets another way. But yeah, I mean, there's the general on sale tomorrow, but it doesn't look like they held back too many tickets at all. I think, so. what, 2,000 or something, Meltzer said? Maybe? Yeah, it looks like they sold 14,000 today, so it's going to be around 16 for the actual event. So yeah, and you know, or was again, it 14,000 is what the capacity is? Yeah, yeah, sold. I think they, I yeah, think okay. they did 11,000 something today and they, they held okay. back two or three. That, that's what it is now that you say it. But yeah. you know, getting back, you know, we don't want to dunk on a certain person too much, but I mean, <laughs> especially because he like sort of like was like, okay, I guess I was wrong, but it was still like, Jesus, like you could have at least said, I guess I'm really dumb too. Because well, you're talking about that, t- he had the tweet about. The this ratings, is awful Alfred, by the way. New Japan. <laughs> the ratings New Japan did on Axis, which is like, first of all, most New Japan fans in the United States watch on New Japan World. So that's fairly irrelevant. But also, like, didn't the tweet say something along the lines of, oh, boy, they're going to have a hard time selling out the United... No, they're not. Who could have ever thought they would have a hard time? So there were two parts of that infamous tweet. And, you know, I posted it as a joke on our Facebook page, and Rick mm-hmm. Skelton, one of our prize pages, he made a point, and it's a correct one, that, you know, because that tweet referred to AEW and New Japan as a niche, right? A yeah. real nichey thing. And it, yes, that's true. But WWE, as we talked about, is a niche. <laughs> yes. WWE, people who, like, go, like, can you imagine? I mean, I'm sure there are some people who who don't care. They just have disposable if they don't care. But, like, WrestleMania is not cheap. Yeah. Right. And, I mean, it's like a couple hundred bucks to go. So like they have, so like WWE is a niche, all Japan or all Japan, AEW is a smaller niche than WWE and new Japan's a smaller niche than AEW. But as we discussed ad nauseum a couple weeks ago, just because it's a niche doesn't mean it's not a big time thing. They sold out this building in record time. It's something that people want to say. And by the way, that comes on the heels of a million dollar gate. They're doing in Vegas for double or nothing. You mm-hmm. figure all out's going to be a massive show. How about, by the way, how big is wrestling going to be Memorial Day through Labor Day? I think it's as critical a period as oh, we've had in a while because WWE's got three stadium shows. Mm-hmm. It's running. And, you know, kind of between the end of basketball season and the start of football season, I think there's a lot of bragging rights on the line. I think you got to shoot a lot of big angles. You got to do some big stuff. Yeah. But and, go ahead. I mean, and speaking of just, you know, drawing in your uh niche followers uh how's wwe doing selling tickets to their show that's in chicago in the same month as forbidden forbidden door i don't think they sold out no hell in a cell is not sold out no 
I, I saw that there. Somebody was saying, I see a lot of blue dots. Smaller building, thing. too. Yeah. And, and look, WWE, you know, they're obviously doing well. I mean, they had their quarterly conference today. And, you know, one thing they do, we, we, we joke about the existence of casual fans. I, I think, like, the one place they can pick them up, and, and it was something they were touting. And we don't know what the exact number is, obviously. But by being on Peacock, there is the chance where, like, people who subscribe to Peacock for non-WWE reasons, they see WrestleMania and they may click, right? Because they know WrestleMania, that's, like, the biggest show. And they might click. Yeah. So, but, um, I mean, that's the one advantage, I guess, right now WWE has. But, like, we talked about it. I mean, this is what the people want. They're selling out this very long. Your tweet put it so succinctly. I'm just babbling incoherently, Ryan. You, you, you summarized <laughs> it very well, I thought, on Twitter.com. A few days ago, and then you were sure to retweet it. To take your <laughs> <laughs> Should I read it on air? I'm trying yeah, to remember yeah, how do I, that. I Because I'm babbling, it. and you, 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 you said it way better than what I'm babbling. All right. Let me just quote it so I don't mess this up again. Yeah, this was a couple of days ago. It was about, okay, I said, debating whether there's broad appeal to a show that is certain to sell out the largest degree in the country is foolish. It doesn't matter if casuals are interested. The loyal, money-paying audience wants it. It's historic. And will be a financial success. I said, moves made for casuals or outsiders haven't resulted in any sustainable growth of the business recently. Bad Bunny and Logan Paul didn't exactly create a lot of new wrestling fans. Book for your paying audience. A consistently good product attracts new eyes in the long run. End point. And something that I think Rick said in his Facebook comment was, it's all about monetizing your niche. And AEW mm-hmm. does a phenomenal job of that. I remember like Liam, when last time he and I did extra, he talked about the conversion rate that AEW has. People who watch the TV to buy the pay-per-view. It's it's a tremendous yeah. conversion rate. So, I mean, I think a lot of these people, the, the Alfreds, the Eric Bischoffs, the, you know, whomevers, these guys are still stuck in that late 90s, early aughts, mindset of what booking for a hardcore audience might mean right mm-hmm. like ecw i don't know what I, I i don't have that number off i don't know what their biggest crowd was in its history but aew's mm. beaten it like a ton i mean they, yeah. they've never aw never ecw never did a show like you know they, they could never sell at the united center never came close and huh. In this era, you can do that. You can be that. You can you can be niche, but be very successful. And that's what AEW is. Um, ECW's largest attendance, from what I'm seeing, was uh, Anarchy Rules 99 in Villa Park, Illinois, with around 6,000 people. So There's a lot of dynamites that have broken that. Yeah. I, I mean, it helps being on national television. I mean, ECW, mm-hmm. by the time it national television... Uh, quite frankly, it was not a great product at that point. Yeah. I mean, they, 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 they were several years past their peak. I, I, again, we were joking. How is this show not a It's what the people want. It's sold mm-hmm. out in 40 minutes plus, you know, a day. I'm sure tomorrow all the allotment's gone in another 40 minutes. Big business, million-dollar gate. A tip of the cap yeah. to AEW. Absolutely. Um, let's touch on WrestleMania Backlash. To shift gears. All right. Show that we are not nearly as excited about. Yeah. So 
as I said at the beginning of the pod, you and Frank previewed this. It's on the Patreon feed. It's a must listen. If you want a lot of details on the show, listen to that one. You guys had great discussions on the, the state of creative going into this show, all of the rematches from WrestleMania, which, look, it's called WrestleMania Backlash. You can expect that, but there's still I don't a lot think of rematches on this been, show. <laughs> I don't think there's yeah. ever been a higher percentage of rematches on a backlash because I saw right. you know the usual suspects who don't people get it that's the concept of the show and yes there have been high profile WrestleMania rematches at backlash before but four of the six matches on a card that's mm. 67 per- I, I don't think there's been that high and I was going through the history just in my head I don't know if either of you guys want to pull Wikipedia up or have it up handy the show doesn't the isn't really as uh, defined by WrestleMania rematches as much as you think. There was the WrestleMania 23-way was rematched. Mm-hmm. Triple H and Batista rematched. Austin and Rock rematched. It was WrestleMania was generally the kind of the season finale. You know, it was yeah. where new yeah. things were going to get kicked off. Yeah, yeah, but like so, sometimes they did main event the rematch. I'm sure there's been yeah. times since. But, like, the whole card, a lot of times you're right. It's the start of something new. I mean, do you, you know, WrestleMania, which is supposed to be your biggest show of the year, do you just want to, like, dilute the matches there by rematching four of them the next month? (laughs) I mean, yeah, it was called Backlash before. Now that they've explicitly called it WrestleMania Backlash, that's probably their excuses. You know, now it's always going to be tied to WrestleMania, which, yeah, you get the WrestleMania name out there again, which... To the casual fan, makes it sound bigger, I suppose, but mm-hmm. it just dilutes the power of WrestleMania itself. You know, I feel if like, yeah, so. if you, like like why are you that interested in WrestleMania if like multiple matches would be rematched the next month? <laughs> right. I'm looking at cards here while you break things down. I'm yeah, I'm looking at last year's trying to remember which of these matches was on WrestleMania. Oh. <laughs> you know, it's just like I went to '99. Actually, I went to the first one. Let's just, this will make for great podcasting. You start at the end. I start at the beginning and we'll just go off. <laughs> so 99, there was only one. Oh, no, there was two. Mankind and the Big Show did wrestle at WrestleMania 15 in one of the, in something that should not be talked about ever again. That was bad. Yeah, Backlash I'd... 2000, um, I don't think had any rematches. I'm like having to like look at these and think of the WrestleMania cards. Same. Yeah. 2001. And I think Regal and Jericho might have been a Benoit Angle. So we had a few there. Two. 2001. 2002. A show that was reviewed, by the way, in the Top Rope Nation archive, classic totally, archives. That was one of our early ones, too, wasn't it? I think it was. I think that was the first time I went really long, and you said this, and you, I saw the look on your eye when you were cursing <laughs> my name on your breath. What are we doing here? Yeah. yeah. Uh, I don't think that had any rematch. Unless if Jazz and Trish Stratus wrestled at WrestleMania 18, I could not tell you if that was the case. I apologize. I do not see any rematches at 2003. Last year's, I don't think, had any rematches. Because the oh, card so- last year was Roman and Cesaro. Remember mm-hmm. those discussions? Uh, 
So then there was like there was versions. So they had like Lashley versus Strowman versus McIntyre, and Lashley versus McIntyre was on the show, but not that exact match. They had mm-hmm. Bianca and Bailey, um, Damian Priest and The Miz. Priest was and the that bad was the bun. match that had Bad Bunny. Yeah, so they had the tag. Uh, the Mysterios against Ziggler and Rude, but they are, I think they were in a triple threat with the Street Profits. Maybe even a four-way. Yeah, that was a SmackDown show, yeah. Uh, And Ripley taking on um, Asuka and Charlotte. So none of those were rematches. None of them were pure rematches, rematches, no. Like they were having this year. I'm into 2007, starting in 99. There has never been a backlash that had more than two rematches for yeah. WrestleMania. Yeah, so you look at this card and four out it's just of six? loaded with them. Yeah, four out of six. Hmm. So, I mean, I don't really want to deep dive on every single match because like I said, you did that on Top Rope Nation well, Extra, but we can kind of just generalize the whole card. Well, I, let me ask you guys the question that I asked Frank. Did Roman Reigns need to be put on this card? No, I no. don't like him being on this card at all because... I, you, you, again, you talked about this on the show, but how do you, I guess you can use it to build to a match at Hell in a Cell, but I don't see Roman Reigns taking a pinfall here. So if his team loses, it's going to be a situation where one of the Usos loses, he's pissed at them kind of thing. And he needs to get before. revenge. Yeah, I mean, I mean, that's the only way, you know, yeah, rinse, repeat. But I don't think Drew McIntyre is going to beat Roman Reigns in this match. Uh, so I don't, yeah, I liked your idea on the show. I can't remember if you or Frank, I think you proposed it, Kyle, about how if they were going to do the unification match and I also don't like how they advertise that and then they mm-hmm. pull that. That's yeah, that's foul, but that's the that's, other problem with how they change it. They, it's a match with less stakes. This but is, I agree with this, you. Like they could have made peak. that the main event. That should have been the main event unification match. Make the tag titles mean something again. Yeah. Go ahead, Justin. No, I was just, I, that's what I was basically going to say was they took a match that meant something to unify titles and they turned it into a SmackDown or Raw main event match. Mm-hmm. And I, I yeah. mean, I don't really want to see it, but I think the only way to make this special is to have Drew pin Roman. That would be Roman's first pinfall loss, though. Are they going to do that in a six-man tag? I know. It just seems like a waste. It, I don't know. Like, sure we got seems someone like in the chat saying do, the same though. thing. It sure know, seems though. like Ro- something they would do. Roman is so protected. I mean, it could happen. I would be a little shocked if it I happened think in this Drew's. Match. I think Roman's going to pin Drew in the six man and then just beat him again in a title match next month. <laughs> that also sounds like something <laughs> they would do. Yes, it does. I am most intrigued, honestly, with this Cody and Rollins match because they better not go 50 50 on this. There is, in my opinion, zero argument for Seth Rollins to win this match. I don't care if it's fluky. Under no circumstance should Seth Rollins beat Cody Rhodes. I mean, that would that would absolutely reek of WWE booking, and it would be the total problem with this company's booking over the last how many years? Just symbolized perfectly. I mean, Cody comes in so hot. He beats... It doesn't matter if Seth loses again. He's a made guy. You need to make Cody special. And, you know, we talked about it. I talked about it with you guys right after Cody debuted. He's to me, he should beat Roman for the title. I truly believe that still he should be the guy. I think they got to legitimize him. We all agreed that Cody should work Roman by SummerSlam at the latest. And if you look at the trajectory of the pay-per-view schedule, 
it's they could maybe do it at money in the bank because it's a stadium show in vegas but i mean they're not going to do it at hell in a cell then you got money in the bank then you got SummerSlam. SummerSlam in nashville at the end of july it's really early this year they could they could do it there they could just but have I don't cody think win money in the bank and the next night at raw he says i want roman reigns at SummerSlam." Perfect. that's yes that's exactly i was talking with a friend today um at work and we were talking about it and he said yeah cody wins money in the bank and i said if he does I hope he does it that way. He challenges him, you know, makes it known he wants the match that he doesn't do the cheap bullshit. He'll come out at the end of money in the bank and win kind of thing. I want it to be an announced match at SummerSlam. And that's like, so eye rolling at this point, we've beaten that into the ground on many past podcasts. Like I'm so over the, you know, just shocking cash in at the end of a TV show in the fall. Mm -hmm. Because mm-hmm. they're bored and they're like desperate for ratings. I don't want to see that. I want to see, you know, it used to set up a big match. Yeah. By the way, Cody on Broken Skull Sessions drops tomorrow. I am really intrigued to watch that one. Mm-hmm. Should be a good interview. Uh, so I think everybody is expecting Ronda to beat Charlotte. Correct? Yeah. Uh, I would Can't be shocked. Imagine. If Ronda, like... The only way is if they do like the Mick Foley, yep. Rock, Royal Rumble 99. I'm not saying Charlotte will bash Ronda's head in with 15 unprotected chair shots. I'm saying the fake voiceover, I quit, I quit. But Drew I Drew Gulak I getting involved. Oh, yeah, I know. <sighs> Justin's face when Drew Gu- when we did the watch party for SmackDown and Drew Gulak came out and oh my god, that was priceless. I think I tweeted a photo of that, by the way. Yes. <laughs> Scroll back on our timeline on Twitter. It was so good. But yeah, and then this AJ Styles edge match, another WrestleMania rematch. Um, you know, you had the thing with Finn Balor on Raw, you know, teasing the Bullet Club history. And they've both been in the Bullet Club, I should say, not uh, at the same time, but they kind of, you know, AJ took over as the leader after Finn left. Uh, did the two sweet and everything. Did I hear correctly? Did they remove that from the YouTube video? I heard they did. I Unbelievable. Didn't check it out. You know, they talk about the no fun league. This freaking WWE. <laughs> you, <laughs> Why would you way, remove that? So that's interesting because it would be, you talk about things that are so WWE, them teasing that only to have Balor turn heel on AJ is vintage mm-hmm. WWE. And on that note, you know what is like really foul that WWE keeps doing? They did it again on Monday. Is they tease these Hurt Business reunions, which everyone thought like, you know, breaking that group up was just total shite. Yeah. But they just, now they like, they're like, oh, maybe look at, and then they just like have Alexander or Benjamin get their ass kicked for heat. (laughs) And it's, and they don't reunite. They're just like, no, they're jobbers. And what's funny is Lashley has now kicked their asses as a heel and as a baby face. I mean, this is truly remarkable. This company. Uh, yeah. I mean, you, you guys talked about an extra a lot. Edge's group is just not connecting Judgment right Day? now. It is not. Dude, but- promo, I mean, you, you knew it was death when he, like I said, he starts insulting the local sports teams. Like that's when you know you're just desperate for a reaction. Yeah. Like yeah. and he and he's he's got his promos shouldn't be like that, right? They're supposed to be so cerebral. Mhm. And like, you know, over the top and evil and you know, he's like, "Oh yeah, judgment day. We're going to tear out your souls and then, you know, and the penguins suck." <laughs> Does it fit? 
Did I? Did I imagine see if Jake? Imagine if Jake Roberts in the middle of you know ripping on Randy Savage was like you know the Tampa Bay Bucks stink. <laughs> He's stupid. Yeah, they're they're really piping in the crowd noise for him too, aren't they? Edge. Yes. Yeah. The most flagrant pipe in. I don't know if you guys caught this. It was on Botchamania. Uh, Lashley and Omas yes, for their arm wrestling. Do you see that? Like yes. they're ready. So Omas comes out and they're standing face to face, and there's just this blatant seagull effect where it's like the most loud cheer you've ever heard in your life. You would have thought Hulk <laughs> Hogan just body slammed Andre the Giant by this reaction <laughs> they piped in. And you can clearly tell it's so funny. They, they piped it in at the time. You can clearly tell the audience is sitting down. No one's mouth is open. Mm. That I mean, that, that's bad. It, it I, really, that was, no, go ahead. It, I was just gonna say it, it really looked like somebody fell asleep at the controls and like slipped on the volume <laughs> button knob. I, I was also, you know, I don't like to point fingers at anybody unless I think it's deserved, but I was very disappointed in Lance Storm in some of his recent comments. Uh oh. when he was like, only people that hate the WWE notice that stuff. No, no, that's wrong. Like the guy who writes the big newsletter at that website, Lance, I don't know if you want to talk to him or you ever do. He used to like go crazy about like back in the eighties with WWE's piped in noise. And they were so much more sly about it back then. Yeah. Like now it's just awful. It's so obvious. Yeah. I mean, look, I like edge a lot. You know, to get back to this match, I've, Always kind of defended him on this podcast. No, like we've had some criticisms and stuff, but this group is just not working. I now after when they first formed it, I think I talked about it on our our WrestleMania review. I was into it because it's like, all right, at least it gives Damian Priest something. He gets the rub from a legend here, maybe, but it's just it's just not working. He's like I mean, hairs all over the place. <laughs> yeah. it's very bad. So, <laughs> I think a lot of these wrestlers, you know, I hate to sound like a dick. I think they have really lousy tastes. In TV shows and music and movies, I just don't know how else to explain it. Why would you behave that way on television? And Edge is a guy, you know, they give him the keys to the car. They're not like yeah. scripting all that yeah. for him, and yeah. like he's mm-hmm. and he's just like, oh yeah, I'll just read this shitty verbiage. No, he's yeah, he's involved. That. He's involved in creative. Yeah, it's yeah. so it's shocking that Judgment Day is the best name they could come up with. What you why are they in Axis just because they had a pay per view called that? Yeah, it was it was in your house breakdown. Did that get uh, was that the second pick or what? Good friends, better enemies. <laughs> Armageddon. Oh man, yeah, I, it does seem very much hinted at, and like if you've watched WWE for any long period of time, it seems very telegraphed that Balor would turn on Styles and join the group yep. just because of this. Because otherwise, what history. is Finn Balor doing? I don't know that it's going to happen at this show. I mean, this to me. This match reeks of AJ getting the win back. This is just 50-50 right here. But I think if they do this alliance with Finn for a little bit, it's just going to be Finn turning and joining the group. That seems pretty natural. Um, I don't think, I mean, Happy Corbin and Madcap Moss, Kyle. <laughs> it's just. It's one of six pay-per-view matches. This is one of those things where <laughs> we talk about on the show a lot over the years how 
and you're, you've always been, ever since we started this pod almost six years ago, Kyle, you've always been very vocal on, look, not everybody has to be world champion. Not everybody has to be a main eventer. And it's so true. There's a slot for you in the mid card, the upper mid card. You can thrive in that role. And Baron Corbin and Riddick Moss, notice I use those names, are two guys that could absolutely thrive in that role. But these characters are so freaking awful. I do not understand how anyone can sit in a creative meeting and think that that's a good idea to call these guys that. If you just like substitute <laughs> the different names for the match and just looking at the card, it would look so much better with the other names. Happy and, Corbin, Madcap Moss. And, you know, Madcap Moss has been another guy uh, who's been getting the old uh, Thunderdome board treatment a lot. There were a lot of smart people who are like, man, these people have really reacted to Madcap Moss. The crowd really loves Madcap Moss as a baby face. And I'm sitting there, I'm like, motherfucker, nobody in the crowd has their mouth openers. <laughs> Don't you think he's pretty good, though? I mean, like, he could no, be he a good, I solid act. He's a good athlete. I yeah. mean, that match he had with Drew was okay, the, yeah. the one where he didn't, you know, almost kill himself. But, um... It, yeah, I just I thought it was hilarious that people thought, oh, the crowd's really taking him as a baby face. He does Kevin have a Dunn, lot of potential. Kevin Dunn's but... right finger was taking to him as a baby face, I think. But he has potential to have a solid career, but he needs to be repackaged immediately before he becomes so associated with this role that nobody can think of anything else for the rest of his career. You know, so all all I know is that it'll never get better for Baron Corbin than when he looked like. I looked on Friday night, basically <laughs> passed out with mustard all over my shirt. That's what's going to happen. Uh, Moss is going to beat him. He's going to pull out the mustard and just start spraying it all over his face. That's what should happen. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, all right. And then I think we're all pretty shocked that Omas is still around. Um, yeah. And working Lashley here. Is he going to get the win? Hope yeah. not. I think he is. I mean, why? I yeah. mean, you can't keep him around after the loss, have MVP be his manager, and then have him lose again. Like I said, there's a lot of holes in this book. I mean, to me, if you were going to do this storyline with MVP turning on Lashley, MVP should have cost Lashley the match at WrestleMania. Yeah. True. So we might have more matches announced. As it stands right now, we've got six I matches scheduled. There will be. I mean, six yes. is, is a low number for even a WWE pair. I mean, the Raw Women's Division's got nothing. They, I mean, they that six man. They could still like add title consequences to that on SmackDown too, mm-hmm. I and mean, that could change. Okay. Yeah, M- maybe you'll get lucky, Kyle, and these will they'll ju- they'll just have these six matches, but they'll all be thirty minutes. <laughs> oh God. <laughs> No, I mean, th- th- that's the thing, too, like, why I think they're going to add, because none of these, mat- well, Edge and AJ, good God. That's, <laughs> that's an hour. Long that and so that yeah. ends for an hour. But, like, all the other matches don't scream lol. Co- uh, Cody and Seth, I guess they could get no, tied. If they're going to yeah. top their trilogy, yeah. you know, the end of the trilogy match. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, that's two matches that get a lot. And the six-man, I guess, could get a lot of time, you know. Yeah. Well, if you guys want to win some cash, by the way, I, I want to promote Wrestle Rumble because they've been good partners of the show for a long time now. I got the link in the description here of the podcast in the video, but check out WrestleRumble.com. You can enter to win 
it's usually a substantial uh, cash prize. This this month for WrestleMania Backlash, you can win one thousand dollars. So buy an entry for ten bucks. You try to predict the winners. We were just talking about match times. Uh, match times are always props on their predictions. It makes it honestly, it makes it a lot more fun watching the show because you're paying attention to what you picked and if you're going to stay in the running to win some cash or not. Check out WrestleRumble.com. Uh, just a whole new aspect of of watching these WWE shows. So I guess we're going to end talking about the greatest matches project. If you want to check this must out. Must-see matches project. I believe that you, yes. we don't want to confuse project. Yeah. There the might must, have been a greatest Sorry, the must-see yeah. matches. Yes, it's the Twitter hashtag or handle is at must-see matches. So if you're not familiar with what happened, basically they crowdsourced this list. Anyone could nominate one to 25 matches for their must-see matches project. And they're not just talking about like great technical matches. Sure, you can go on to cagematch.net and you can see, you know, what are the highest aggregate rankings for matches? You know, what match got a 9.2 average and that kind of thing. But those ratings are all just based on strictly bell-to-bell technical, basically the old star rating system, the Dave Meltzer Mm -hmm. scale. This is must-see matches. So it takes into account everything. Just according to the fans, what are the must-see match, the greatest must-see matches of all time? And honestly, when you look at this, this is probably the best way to put together a list like this if you want to hand to someone and say, these are the most important matches to watch because we talk about Dave's star ratings all the time. Again, it's one guy's opinion. But here, if you take into account every factor and then you make that, you averages the list, I think it's ranked based on the percentage of ballots that the matches you know occurred on. For the most part, it's right on. I do have a couple... Uh, things about the list that we'll talk about here where I think it maybe got it a little bit wrong. But overall, I mean, this is a solid, solid list. So the original ranking was the top 104 must-see matches of all time. But they also released the full spreadsheet so you can see, like, everything that was nominated. So, yeah. Well, and to be fair, most of the matches that were high are matches that Meltzer ranked high or you'd find high. For the most part, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's not Not like... everything, though. No, no. I mean, but, um, you know, you look at the top, you know, there's a lot of familiar names. It's it's the matches that, you know, I would think would be up mm-hmm. there. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's not, you know, again, it's not, you know, there's a lot of 90s All Japan on there. There's, you know, AEW, there's a lot of New Japan from the past decade. So it's not, you know, like the most casual of, ca- like, but, you know, there's other, you're right, like Hogan and Andre's on there. Right? Yeah, that, that was the first one. I, I sought out to see if it was on here to see if I thought they got the, uh, you know, must see matches correct. Cause that's yeah. not, that's by no means that's a negative star match, but it was exactly what it was supposed to be. And obviously like a giant moment in wrestling history. I mean, if you, yeah, if you look at, you know, the top five or so matches on this list, top 10, I think we've pretty much talked about all of them at some point during this podcast history. I mean, the number one, it was on 32% of the ballots. Bretton Austin for Mania 13. You got uh now I was surprised it ranked as two. Yeah, I was it's a good match. I was surprised how high it ranked, but number two is Okada and Shibata. This is Oh, I love that. I absolutely love that. The famous the, headbutt match. Yes. Right. That yep. so I don't know if we want to look at this up or I think that did win in 2017 at the Voices of Wrestling poll, the match of the year. Yeah, it's a great over match. Omega and Okada. And that made me smile at the time. Because I think if there's any New Japan match 
that kind of call back to the I'm gonna sound like a fucking Neanderthal when I say this, the 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 manliness of all Japan 90s all Japan, it was that one more than well, any New Japan match. But and you think of the again the qualifications for this list must see matches. It's also a must see match because of what happened afterwards. Well, yes. <laughs> well, also, you know, well, actually, do you know what's funny? It's that that kind of makes me like, eh, do I want to watch this again? I know. It makes I me mean, feel it, bad for liking it almost. Like th- th- there's sort of a moral quandary involved with that match. For right? sure. For sure. But it's it's one of those things where it's like if you tell someone the story, they're going to want to see it. It's like a car mm-hmm. crash. You know, like, mm-hmm. okay, so he does these legit headbutts, which he had you know done forever. Uh, but he, he breaks Shibata. He, you know, he cuts himself with the headbutt hard way. He starts bleeding. And yeah, I mean, after the match, he had a brain bleed and he didn't wrestle again until a couple of months ago uh, last year, late last year, wasn't it? So he's, I think he's had two matches since then, Mm -hmm. Uh, but everyone thought his, you know, his career was over and he was gone for over four years. So yeah, that was number two. We've got um, Guerrero and Mysterio, number three overall, which, you know, again, it is a must-see match. It was watching, I watched it live on pay-per-view, Havoc 97 Mm -hmm. at the time. And it was one of those things where at that point in time, everybody was watching pro wrestling at school. Everybody talked about that match. It's one of the most iconic matches of the 90s. Number three overall, maybe surprise me it's that high, but yeah. I can't argue against it, though. I mean, it's, it is like a generational match. Uh, best, it's and the best WCW match of the 90s. Yeah. You get that, that All Japan tag. From 95 with Kabashi and Masawa and Tawe and Kawada. Of course, great, great match. Kyle, you've talked about that one numerous times mm-hmm. on the pod. Brett Owen from Mania 10. Punk and Cena from Money in the Bank. So, I mean, yeah, down the line, it's it's pretty much right on. You even have a TNA match, which is by far, I agree, the best TNA match of all time. The triple threat from Unbreakable 05 with Joe and Styles and Daniels. So, yeah, it's, it's, it's a solid list. The one thing that stood out to me that I was definitely surprised about because i was i was looking at okay which of the matches i've seen live made the top 104 yeah i so, looked that up too yep so i immediately started looking up AEW, and i was shocked that orange cassidy and Pac made the yeah. list so for revolution I. 2020 because the cage match from last falls all out is not in the top 104 nope oh okay sorry yeah it's on, yeah, it's, it's on the it's, list. It's on it. It's later. It's right, not yeah. the top 104. This is uh, Cassie and, and Pac is tied for 79th. And I'm like, that should not be that high. It was, I was there at the show and it was Cassidy's first match in AEW. He got a massive reaction from the crowd. The crowd was super into him. It was a fun match for sure. I can't make the argument. It's one of the top 100 <laughs> matches of all time. And I was there. No, I, I was stunned by it. You know, you're going to have this based on who's voting in this. It's going to be Mm -hmm. an audience that skews younger, younger than us probably is the average age. And like, you know, we love AEW, but it's kind of crazy. And older matches are represented on this list, but it's crazy Mm -hmm. that there's more AEW matches on the list than like the AWA, Mid-South, and World Class combined. Yeah. And again, if you're you're going to the must-see concept... Like, and you want to show someone the history of the rest of, of the wrestling industry, you know, all the different kinds that have persisted. I don't know if you want to be so heavy on 
the last couple of years. Yeah. And you get down to the bottom of this list too. And we're talking about like decimal points, you know, that one was on like 4.5% of the ballots and there's stuff that was on 3.6% of the ballots that didn't make the top 104. So it's, it's really close, but I mean, yeah, I think that tag from all out last fall should definitely be on there ahead of that one. But I mean, overall, yeah, you're going to have stuff like that just because it gets really close towards the bottom of the ballots and stuff. But if you look at the top half of the top 104, it's, it's pretty much right we're, on. We're going to have to tweet this out, I think, for yeah. the podcast where people can you know follow along here. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot oh, a lot I to see. discuss. but oh, I see the 1992 Royal Rumble is the oh, 29th very best high. match of all time. Yeah. Oh, that's very interesting. Oh. Hmm. Not overrated, then. No. Yeah. Interesting. I, you know, I'll be honest with you. Angle Benoit being from Royal Rumble 2003 being tied at 32. I mean, that's it was like a match of the year candidate, but. 32 seems high for that. There's, I mean, I, I don't, there's a lot of stuff that just doesn't seem to fit quite where it's at, or maybe seems a little too high, but like, I mean, it's just a normal match of the year contender that match. I feel, you know, I, I feel there's like, I don't know. I mean, there's more to me. There's probably been more than 32 five-star matches in the history. Of this I, I would say the argument for it is especially then how unique of a match it was. Yeah, you're right. It was kind of a departure from what from anything else at that time. Yeah. yeah. Um, for me, something that jumped out, a match I have not seen and need to go seek out. Uh, it's in that 32 range. Andre the Giant versus Stan Hansen from 81. Oh, I yeah, Andre. I, have I mean, never it's like watching that. a different human being. Oh, I believe like, it. You see, like, or, like, especially if you go like Chad sent me. Uh, there you go, Chad. There's your weekly mention. Um <laughs> <laughs> sent me something from like Andre wrestling in Chicago in like 74 or something. Oh, wow. God, he moved unbelievable. Yeah. I'll have to find that. Maybe I'll send that out. I told him to put it on the page. That son of a bitch didn't do it. I love this kind of stuff though. Cause it, it makes you want to comb through the list and then just yes. start watching some of this yep. stuff again that you haven't watched in years. It gives me motivation to watch old footage. And I love that. And, and it's, it's why I love doing our classic shows, you know? And so Justin, we should talk about, cause you picked up on something. I was just um, about to text- bring that up. Okay, you bring it up then. So speaking of, you know, there's a lot of AEW on this list, and there's definitely some recency bias going on, uh, especially as you pointed out, there's a younger crowd. There's there's a lot of dynamite matches on here, mm-hmm. a lot of television. And that's not a show that's so- three year, not even three years old, by the way. That's in the that's beyond 104, right? Just nominated. Oh, well, they, we got like Dynamite. Let's see, Dynamite Grand Slam. No, I yeah, see. Grand Slam's in there. That's yeah, really high. Um, but it had me curious seeing all these Dynamites. Was like, what's the most recent Raw or SmackDown match <laughs> in these little categories here? Because uh, obviously, WWE WWF has a lot of high rated matches. But they're almost all pay-per-view matches. There's uh, yeah. shocking, shockingly, a lot of 205 Live. So I'm discarding that. I just want to talk about their main main flagship shows. So you talk about the let's say the 105 range, the ones that rank 105, the earliest ranked Raw or SmackDown match. With obviously SmackDown wasn't around then. 1998 Rock vs Mankind. I'm guessing that was the title change as far as must see goes. Yes. In December. I mean, I would agree. That's, I mean, is that's up there. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. 
in the 132 range, 2007 was the most recent Raw or SmackDown match. Cena and HBK. I'm guessing that was the one from England. Yeah. Yes. What was the date on it? I'm trying to play catch. I'm sorting the the chart. I I, I all I wrote down was the year. Unfortunately. Ah, uh, it's got. I mean, it's got to be if it was two. Yeah. Uh, for the matches that ranked 192, 2001 was the most recent Raw or SmackDown match for WWE, and that was Austin versus Redacted. A very good match. Hmm. Yeah, that so was this good. this is what triggered me looking into this because then I'm looking at the 345 range, the 345 ranking, which includes almost 700 matches. What is yeah. the most what is the most recent Raw or SmackDown match from those 700 must see matches? Well, to be fair, it's the list is 104. So they op- they opened it up to see everything nominated. So what you're getting into, yeah, is stuff that was even nominated and it's so far down the list. Yeah, but still, we're, I mean, we're talking just over a thousand matches here on this bridge. Yeah. The, the yeah. 1,000 most must see matches. We're talking the ones that all ranked equally at 345, which is, like I said, almost 700 matches. The most recent Raw or SmackDown match on this list is from 2013, <laughs> almost 10 fucking Jeez. years ago. <sighs> wow. And what it, was the match? Uh, Daniel Bryan versus Randy Orton in December of 2013. Hmm. Which kind of surprised me because there was actually a lot of good uh, singles matches in early 2014, too, that I probably have thrown on. Yeah, like Randy Randy Orton. Yeah, uh, Randy Orton and Cesaro was really good. Punk Um, Punk and Cena February 2013 there? That was a good match. Let me take a look. I think that might have been a year earlier. No, yeah, so that right. would be yeah, yeah. So yeah, that's right. That's before what you just said. The match you said, the Orton uh Danielson match. But how bad? I mean, that basically, I mean, that's the spotlight of why it is freaking rough to watch Briar SmackDown because they couldn't give two shits about their television. Yeah, and you know, here's the th- I yeah, and you talked about that. I started thinking about this as well. It's not just like the lack of high end matches on WWE TV. Like, what was the last great angle on Raw or SmackDown? Was it like the Festival of Friendship? That was a great one. That was five years ago. Yeah. Like, think about what's the biggest thing to happen to WWE in the last two years, storyline wise? Roman turning, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. Think about how that was done for a moment. He came out at what the end of SummerSlam was it, and speared the Fiend and Strowman, and everyone's like, "Oh, Roman's back. That's cool." And like all the co-opted journos were like, "That was a heel turn." I'm like, "What? It was a heel turn?" Like, that was, like, how they turned Roman Reigns heel was, like, confusion. Mm-hmm. It wasn't even, like, a great angle. So, like, yeah. I, I took it, like, a step further with than where, where you were going, Justin, with the WWE TV, just why it's just wretched over the last 10 years. 
no good matches, no good angles. But yeah, you certainly drive home a point that I mean, there isn't a single WWE TV match in what nine years on this list. How many answer, matches do you say total were nominated? Then, like, it's like a thousand, Justin. It's like a thousand sixty-six. I think. Wow, that's crazy. Yeah. So if you see the spreadsheet, I've I've sent it out here in the chat on YouTube and Facebook, but we will uh we'll tweet it out as well on our Top Rope Nation account. But yeah, you can. So like there'll be a line after 104 so you can see what made the cutoff for their the top 104 which was the project but then below that you can see absolutely everything that was nominated and that means that somebody thought it was one of the top 104 matches of all time and you know one of the shows we have here uh, on our classics poll to potentially review is that uh, May 93 Raw that had the Razor Ramon 123 Kid match on it and Sean versus Marty Jannetty. That Sean Jannetty match is not on here. And I mean, it's not like an all-timer, but it's a fun match. And I think it's one that is kind of must-see. And so like, if me as a longer-term fan, I feel like if that Orange Cassidy-Pac match made the list, that one should be nominated. That did stick out that. Yeah. Serena Deeb versus Rio. I didn't even remember that one. That's on there from Dynamite. Yeah, Ken, so Kenny and uh, Danielson from Ga- from Grand Slam. That's the only Dynamite one that made the top 104, but there's a lot nominated. So it means somebody out there who did the list, you know, thought those those other matches should be in the top 104. So definitely to, recency bias for sure. Yeah, to answer uh, Jesse in the chant at, asking if Punk Cena from February of 2013 is on there, it is. It's just... Uh, Brian versus Orton is the most recent one. Interestingly, Savage Steamboat is tied for 40th place. It's down the list quite a ways. That kind of surprised me. But, I mean, it's in the top 104. Was there, so, like I said, talking about Stan Hansen and Andre jumping out to me as something I haven't seen that I need to, was there anything for you guys? They were like, I have not seen that, and and I think I need to. Hmm. Kyle, I'm assuming you've seen everything on here <laughs> Kyle's like three times over. Three times at least, yeah. <laughs> no, there was some stuff that I hadn't seen. Um, but, I mean, you did have to go down the list. Let me see what the highest-ranked match is that I ever saw. I've been playing with this spreadsheet so much that it's so screwed up right now that I don't know what the <laughs> hell's going on. I don't know I'm how gonna... you're able to even edit it. I couldn't edit it at all. I'm going to – how do you get it where it's like the actual order? Uh, All right, uh, the I got percentage it. column, yeah. The percentage column, yep. second column. Okay, sort. No, I want to sort the other way. You come on, you. I mean, for me, older wrestling, all Japan is my weak spot. I've seen mm-hmm. same some of the big matches of all time, but not all of them. So as I glance through the top of the list, some of the all Japan stuff for sure. I feel like the. Top match. All Japan that I, women too. There's a lot of all Japan women matches on here. I, I, I can't seen. say that I've seen a ton of that. So in the top 40, there's two matches I have not seen. That is the one from Toriman. And then the uh um match from EMLL in 83. The MS1 versus For- Sangre Shikana, yeah, I've never yeah. seen that. Well, this um, gives you motivation to watch it. 
There's an there FMW match that I yeah wouldn't have seen, and I don't think I've seen. I've I know I've seen all the WWF WWE matches. Yeah. On here, oh for yeah, sure. yeah yeah yeah. And and most I think yeah the WCW as well. It's yeah it's the overseas stuff for sure, and and some of the Mexico matches as well. There's a you know just 2001 women's match with Kira Hokuto. I don't think I've seen that before. But yeah, I mean, it's, there's a just a handful. I think of this top 100, I would figure that. Something else that jumped out to me, thinking about like, because if you just peruse this list, you see, I mean, just you know, the all-time greats, their names showing up over and over again. Even like a Kevin Steen shows up over and over again. One name kind of jumped out at me for how little it popped up considering how long he's been wrestling and how great he's considered by a general audience. And that's Randy Orton. Mm -hmm. He has, he has the cactus Jack match. He has the WrestleMania 30 match and he's got that raw, which I mean, and none I of them are in the top 104. I, yeah. yeah. None of them are in the top 104. Mm-mm. Not even, I would say the Foley match. You could maybe make the argument. That's probably, that's one of the best. Yeah. That's WWE 132, match. tied for 132. Okay, that's one of the best WWE matches from 2000 to 2009, for sure. It'd probably be top five. But again, like, is it must-see? Because it's like, here's the thing. If there's like a comp, like a clear comp for it, there's like a gray area. It's like, okay, well, you can mm-hmm. just watch this other one. And like, there's an obvious comp for that match, Foley and Hunter at Royal Rumble 2000. Mm-hmm. Like, which is very high on here. With that, that's interesting. Like to me, I think they're like very, very like I would give them like the exact same rating. I don't think I, I I find that very difficult to believe that somebody could say Foley and Hunter is definitively better than Foley and Orton. I guess yeah. Cactus and Triple H came first. Did you give? Yeah, that I mean, it came, I mean, I guess you could say well they had they had the framework was set up they knew what to do but i don't know to me it's it, they're they're it's the same match i would give them both four and three quarter stars speaking of which we'll be taught there is a new list being shown to the facebook group tomorrow that will be published at 6 a.m eastern so by the wow. time most of you heard this podcast I, I i know how to schedule those posts now right <laughs> taught me so well trained um, you well and the cactus jack mcfoley match or Cactus Jack McFoley match. Cactus Jack Randy Orton match will be on there. As I am taking a look at the best matches to take place at the WWE pay-per-view directly after WrestleMania. Yeah. Kyle has been doing a ton of great written content over in the Facebook groups. If you're not in it, Top Rope Nation Pro Wrestling Discussion. Link in the podcast description. By the way, I got to put those lists. I I said I was going to put them up on Patreon because some of our patrons may not be on Facebook. So I am going to post those on our our Patreon page as well. I'll probably do that tonight, the ones you've published so far. Yeah, and then we also had Best of May matches too. Just WWF, WCW. It's funny how high I saw um, there's a couple All-Japan matches that would certainly rank high in the all-time May list, but that wasn't going to be up for classics. So they weren't in there. Yeah. So we should know in the next few days what we're going to do on Top Rope Nation Classics, by the way. And we will probably record that in like two weeks because we got to do it before the Vegas trip. So um, that's on the agenda coming out soon. 
Probably have at least one more top rope extra this month. All those dropping exclusively on the Patreon page. And like I said, we are going to review Backlash, WrestleMania Backlash, um, either Sunday night or Monday morning. We haven't decided for sure, but there will be a review dropping. We'll stream it live on video when we record it. So make sure you're subscribed on YouTube so you get an alert when we go live. Uh, We'll, of course, update you in the Facebook group and on Twitter as well. Guys, this was a great discussion. I mean, we could go on and on about the spreadsheet. I would highly recommend everybody check it out. We'll tweet it out. It's it's you know it's great for debate like we've been doing here and and just for combing through history and, and seeing what you want to add to your watch list. So it was fun, guys. Justin and Kyle, appreciate it. No more dried blood in the fingernail. There you go. All healed up. <laughs> <laughs> Check the video stream. You'll know what we're talking about. Justin, glad uh, your stomach is recovering from the mustard incident. It better be because I ate Popeyes today. you'll find out at work tomorrow hopefully not (laughs) all right boys and girls this has been episode 249 of top rope nation we'll be back with 250 following wrestlemania backlash thank you for your continued support have a great weekend